Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 184. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at Tech Target, and I am here with Security News Writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Hey, Rob. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. We have a we have a lot to talk about. Big story this week slash last week, the Conti ransomware leaks, which you wrote a little bit about, which mm-hmm. we are still covering, which is pretty huge. Obviously, it comes amid a very uh, stressful, difficult time with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, these leaks are uh, pretty uh, pretty shocking. Uh, the amount of information that whoever the individual is that got all of this data uh, the amount of information that they got and apparently the pervasive access that they obtained of the Conti ransomware gang is just, it, it's, it's just pretty incredible. It's, I mean, we can talk about just sort of all the effects that this, that these leaks could have, and we'll, we'll get to that, but it's, this is pretty pivotal. I've been writing about this stuff now for a while, and I can't remember something that compares to this um i i'm sure i'm i'm missing something that might be related or close to it but it's this is pretty huge um in terms of what this means for a a cyber criminal outfit what it means for just uh information about hacker and cyber criminal tradecraft ransomware tradecraft operations tools techniques procedures um ties to other entities, which we'll get to later. Um, but Alex, before we sort of get into it, um, I guess I sh- we should kind of summarize what actually happened here. So you wrote about this a little. What, when did this all start? This started on, I, I think, February 25th. I, I need to see. It was February, February 25th or 27th yes. uh, when the first tweet dropped from Conti Leaks, which is a Twitter account that um, was publishing leaks to like Anon Files dumps of Jabber uh, uh, chat logs, which is sort of a instant messenger. And then soon after that, there were there was internal documentation. There was ransomware software source code. There was a there was a whole bunch of stuff, and we don't really know uh, exactly who this person is. Like uh, we've heard speculation that it's a Ukrainian researcher, like something like a, a white hat type person. We we've heard uh, speculation that it is someone from within Conti. Um, although that's that one, I, I personally, I personally doubt. Um, but the only thing we do know about them is that one, this was timed with Conti saying that, uh, they would be in full support of Russia and would attack anyone who conducts cyber attacks against Russia and that this person has sympathies to Ukraine because they're saying like F Russia, glory to Ukraine, Blah 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 blah, but not yes. blah 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 blah. It's a serious no. thing, but it, it I meant etc. You know what no, I'm saying? Yes, yes. No, I know what you mean. Yes, it, it, this was this was interestingly timed following the invasion of Ukraine last week. 
like you said, Conti very aggressively put out a statement saying we support the Russian government um, the following day. And then a couple days was a couple days later, they sort of revised the statement to sort of, um, I guess, uh, uh, remove any direct support or involvement with the Russian government mm-hmm. and said, you know, we don't align ourselves with any government, but, you know, screw the West and the, and America. And so very interesting. But as yep. you said, the, the, the Conti leaks, we, we don't know who this individual is, or even if it's just one individual, but this person, um, you know, we, we've seen small leaks from cyber criminal outfits and ransomware gangs before. It's actually fairly common. Like sometimes like you just see somebody putting a decryptor out or, you know, there was a, there, I think Conti actually had last year, there was a, uh, an affiliate who was, was pissed about something. I don't remember what it was or what they leaked, but they took some information and they leaked it. And that, and that happens. This is different. This is I mean, even just the first communications dump of the Jabber uh, discussions and and chats between all of these individuals was just, I mean, that was a lot of information, a lot of insightful information into how these guys operated, what they did, what they discussed, their strategies, everything. But then to follow that up with like, like you said, the source code. And mm-hmm. the connections to TrickBot, you know, there's there's TrickBot um, component source code in there, um, TrickBot forum discussion. So obviously, you know, there's a, a, some type of connection between Conti and TrickBot. And then there's, um, you know, the the I believe there was a, a Bitcoin address in there that showed a pretty shocking number, um, over two billion, uh, sixty five thousand Bitcoin. Yeah, and I know I know VX Underground um, kind of, uh, you know, I think they were first to report that number and they kind of um, clarified it a little to basically say, um, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's not quite that number. I think they said, um, based on input from other members of the community, it looks like there's about um, 3 million currently in the, the Bitcoin wallets. Yeah, it in, was just um, the amount that, that they had taken over time. In the chats, uh, the total sum was over two point seven billion. Um, if Bitcoin was at its at its current trading price, but um, yeah, it, like it's a lot of math and a lot of like uh, forensic stuffs that you know that I don't quite understand. Sure, <laughs> and there's some people that said you know two point. billion is probably low for Conti, which is just incredible. Again, we didn't, I think we didn't hear about Conti until 2020. Um, But it it appears that they had been active since about 2018, 2017 Mm -hmm. in some cases. So just a pretty shocking number. Um, I don't know. Let's, let's kind of pause there for a moment. I mean, were you, you know, having having taken a look at this stuff, having ri- written about it and seen some of the um, information that has been leaked, were you surprised? Was I surprised that like this much leaked? Yeah. 
Um, it's the most I've certainly seen in my in my two years and change. I I think what surprised me is just I I'm trying to think back to how whoever leaked this could have possibly leaked it because yeah. whether it was like a researcher like one of the quote-unquote good guys, maybe, I don't know, yep. or if it was someone within Conti, it's still hard to do that math. Like, for example, uh, one person I talked to said uh, some they got into the Jabber infrastructure, and that was how they were able to get sort of those chat logs, which right. kind of could make sense, because Jabber's, like, fairly, like, small, as far as, like, an IM client yeah. goes, I'm sure. Yeah. It's it's very it's very possible that a vulnerability exists, but then I don't know that there was anything in those chats that gave away information to get Conti's internal files. Yeah. Um. But even if it was someone within Conti, then my question is, how much do these Conti uh, folks even know about each other? let alone how to get this complete of a body of information. Like, it, it's very, that's the surprising part in how much there is, is not, here's the secretive gang that's exposed. It's, yep. I have no idea how this possibly could have happened. It's really, I, I mean, it's it's fascinating. And, you know, like you said, I, I think that the Jabber communications are one thing, but just the amount of information that they followed up with is just, it's pretty incredible. And I, I, I haven't seen anything, a number of different um, threat intelligence analysts, threat intelligence providers, um, uh, uh, different uh, security vendors have, have, you know, analyzed the stuff and weighed in and, and, you know, there's uh, multiple people out there providing um, translations of the chats, which are in Russian so that we can read through them. I haven't seen anything, like you said, that would indicate on that first drop that there were like, I don't know, um, passwords or um, encryption keys or um, whatever, you know, stuff that, that Conti leaks could have used for um, more pervasive access. I haven't seen anything like that. Um, of course, it's entirely possible that whoever Conti leaks is, they removed that information from the chats mm -hmm. so to not tip off um conti operators which we're, we're going to circle back to that at the end because i have some questions about what was going on and what what type of uh incidents uh, incident response the, these guys um performed here um but to, to to summarize you know i mentioned the other you know the the various vendors and threat intelligence analysts and experts out there that are kind of analyzing this we we can't go through this sort of point by point, but there's a tremendous amount of information in these dumps about, you know, the different tactics, the different um, vulnerabilities that they used, how they went about doing what they did with mm -hmm. these ransomware attacks, the links to Bizarre Loader as well as TrickBot, um, you know, discussions about targeting vulnerabilities like zero logon or, um, you know, going after specific um, systems or products like the, I think there's references to Sonic Walls uh, VPN discussions about I think uh, at one point um, Hyper V and 
just uh, it, it's incredible. I mean, we, we, we could spend weeks going through this, um, you know, d- talking about this, the amount of information that's in here, you know, just everything from RDP ports and um, just your, your basic run of the mill vulnerabilities to some of the more um, interesting stuff that other places have talked about, which is, you know, just general evasion and, you know, how to avoid detection. And it's incredibly valuable. And I'm, I'm actually pretty excited to see how uh, different vendors and different, you know, consultants and experts take all this information and use it to figure out more about how other ransomware gangs operate, but also just create more actionable advice on how to keep these type of threat actors out of others' networks. Um, Mm -hmm. Because this is, like I said, this just a tremendous amount of information here. Um, But I want to get to some of the more (laughs) salacious stuff in these dumps, um, because there are some things in here that are just, I I mean, to me, uh, also incredible in their own right. Sure. Um, The first of which, Alex, and we've talked about this offline with our colleagues here at uh, at Search Security at Tech Target. There was a reference in a chat between a couple of the operators about an unnamed journalist who mm-hmm. will quote unquote intimidate Conti victims for a five percent cut of the ransom payment. Holy shnikes, as uh, <laughs> the late Chris Farley would say. I saw that and I. I nearly fell out of my seat. Uh, thoughts about that one? Um, well, uh, very unethical. <laughs> Extremely unethical. Uh, the other thing I'd say is, what does a journalist mean to these people? That That's yeah. one question I have, because yeah. especially when you're in like a trade-based journalism like we are. Yep. Uh, I mean, it could be content writers for places sure. that aren't explicitly journalism sites. Sure. It yeah. could be uh, bloggers who don't, who aren't necessarily held to the same standard. Like, yeah. or it could be uh, a journalist. But then I, I'm not obviously like I don't have any publications in mind when I say this. Nor right. am I like saying one's better than another. But there's a whole range in quality, especially when you. I mean, in any section of the news but i think especially in trade uh that there's there's very low quality outlets and there's very high quality outlets i which is where i i personally place search security yeah but you know what i there's just such a range that like it is surprising but what does journalist even mean to these people yeah i mean i i first thought so to your point about you know not naming other outlets there's been some discussion on twitter about um who this journalist might be or might work for what outlet and i don't want to get into that but i i was like whoa um that sounds spicy uh, okay some un, uh, unusual uh suspects in that mm-hmm. um and 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 some of those discussions and i i think some of them are probably thrown out sort of half jokingly but others maybe not um i will say i i kind of thought the same thing you did initially was that maybe this journalist is not a journalist and it's just some blogger or, or someone who's sort of like a pseudo journalist. I I don't know. But then again, I started to wonder like how would these Conti operators like even 
find someone like that and if it's just a like a if it's just a blogger then like what what kind of intimidation would they really be able to provide because mm-hmm. you know i read that i read that excerpt from the chat and i immediately thought well if you're talking about intimidate i assume what is happening is conti is you know uh in touch with this journalist and letting them know who's been attacked and then that journalist goes to the victim and says you know i'm going to write about this um or i know about this uh and maybe not explicitly tell them to pay but put pressure on them and and make them afraid that they could that the attack could be exposed and their data could be exposed and they don't want that to get out in the open and they need to do something so just pay i assume that that's how it goes down there wasn't a lot of information in that section of the chat about the specifics of how this operates they mm. just referenced this unnamed journalist who they have apparently been in touch with and communicated about this stuff and a five percent of a payment I mean, let's say it's a million dollar payment. That's not, you know, that's not a drop in the bucket. Um, so I I don't know. I I, I was pretty shocked, like, uh, you know, like I said at the top to read that. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to find out, mm-hmm. but um, I would love to know how that worked uh, because... I mean, I, I do think, you know, the whole point of the leak sites, like going back to Maze, is is to is to put pressure on the victims and like shame them and, and sort of coerce them into like we're gonna we're gonna put you on blast. We're gonna smear you uh and force you to pay or or, or incentivize you to pay. Um so I, I guess this isn't that much of a stretch beyond that, but I also kind of wonder why you would need to have a journalist do any type of intimidation um, if you're already putting stuff out on leak sites and mm-hmm. um, putting company names out there. Uh, so definitely, definitely something to watch. Pretty sure. interesting. And um, and just just one thing I want to add yeah. to that. Of course, any interesting piece of information uh, that comes out is going to become part of the discourse, capital T, capital D. Uh, but it, it should be noted that these people can't really be trusted. You yep. can trust the files that you find. Yes. Um, but one, these people are mostly anonymous. Not all of them, because at least one of them got doxxed. But yeah. Uh, but they are mostly anonymous. Like you've told me and like offline, like some of these people probably don't know the other people's real names and like they could be lying to each other. They could just, and, and like there's, there could be incomplete context. Um, there could be variance in what journalism is. So, uh, obviously this stuff should be poured over, not just for this gang, but so we learn more about how, ransomware gangs operate for for future reference but uh all information should of course be taken with a grain of salt yeah no we should mention that so in addition to the the data that's been dumped and you know you got to take these chats with a grain of salt because these guys are criminals and they're liars and they make boastful you know exaggerated claims all the time in public Mm -hmm. who's to say that they wouldn't do that in private um but there was at least one individual who was doxxed by Conti leaks 
Um, we don't know if this, we haven't been able to verify this, who this individual is, um, you know, reluctant to even bring it up, but I think it's worth noting because that this individual's name is out there and, you know, who knows, could be, you know, similar names, mistaken identity, not, not sure, but, um, definitely not good if, uh, that individual is connected to Conti, which, you know, all the information seems to line up, but then again, like we, we haven't been able to, um, uh, verify that. And so don't want to go any further with, with, with that until we do know that that person is, um, who the chats indicate they are. Sure. So, um, another, another highlight, uh, is the, uh, apparent connection. I mean, everybody kind of believed that Conti, you know, even prior to, um, the declaration of support for the Russian government last week. Uh, a lot of people believe there was a, a definitive connection between Conti and the Russian government or Ru collusion with Russian authorities. Um, you know, we've seen stuff like this before with like Evil Corp and other uh, Russian ransomware gangs. Um, this is pretty explicit, though. In the chat discussions, there is um, a conversation between two individuals, two apparent uh, Conti operators about hacking uh, an investigative, investigative journalism outlet uh, called Bellingcat. Uh, a lot of people that are in the NATSEC uh, area know Bellingcat. They do a lot of uh, investigative work, uh, some really good stuff around Russia. They um, were apparently discussing uh, hacking Bellingcat. I guess they had someone's email address or email account and they were trying to obtain information about um, uh, Alexei Navalny, uh, the Russian opposition leader and a noted Putin uh, uh, critic. And the chats apparently include specific references to the Russian government and FSB, Federal mm -hmm. Security Service. I mean, it's really, it's really something like you read this and you're like, they're they're talking about like getting information about Navalny you know, on orders from the boss, like literally <laughs> it's just incredible. So, um, you know, I always sort of thought there was, um, soft collaboration or connections between, you know, ransomware groups like Conti and the Russian government. This, this goes beyond what I, I sort of believed like this is def pr pretty definitive, like cooperation interaction why in the world would um conti hackers have any interest in in doing surveillance or cyber espionage on uh, uh, like they're in the business of making money right why would they want to hack bellingcat and grab information about navalny um so that was shocking i i don't know what your feelings on that were i, I just that went above and beyond what I sort of assumed was the um, connection there. Isn't, isn't the thing that uh, we've said before is like the way it works with Russia as a nation state, they will utilize financially motivated cyber criminals in order to accomplish yes. their goals. Yeah. I, it, that, that seems like the most likely thing here. Cause based on their chats, they kind of seem like a bunch of chuckleheads. 
Yeah, they so do. I don't. So I don't necessarily think it's a nation state, uh, highly sophisticated Russian government cyber hacker guys. I, I think it's a bunch of competent bozos who uh, who had access or who wanted to operate within Russia, and in order to do so, perhaps had to play ball. Yeah, I mean, I so I sort of assumed that at first. Too, and I think to your point, we, we talk all the time about how, you know, Russian ransomware gangs are allowed to operate and the authorities look the other way. And as long as they don't target Russian interests, whether, mm-hmm. you know, business is based in, in the country or even outside the country, then they have free reign. Um, and that was the case until recently with the Revil arrests and some of the other um, dark web cybercrime forum crackdowns and, and um, carding sites and whatnot. Uh, now, a lot of people, I think most people believe that that was sort of an overture from Putin and the Russian government to say, you know, to the West, hey, um, we, we we can be reasonable. We'll we'll cooperate. We'll give you this if you just leave us alone on Ukraine or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to how best to frame that overture or what type of negotiations may have been going on in the background. Um, but to me, this is like like I, I always kind of assumed that the when when the Russian ransomware games were operating on behalf of the government or GRU or FSB. They were just kind of like, you know, spun up to um, create havoc, you know, disruption, economic damage. Like, I didn't think that they would be sort of anywhere near this type of like, you know, like I said, cyber espionage, because that's what it seems like to me. Um, But you may be right. Maybe these guys are just sort of have delusions of grandeur. Yeah, <laughs> you know they think they're in a like a spy novel or something. I, I don't know, and they're trying to get in the good graces of, um, you know, quote unquote the boss. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, like I mean, these guys have operated with impunity for a while, and we still don't know who these operators are. And who knows that maybe maybe that maybe the affiliates are just you know sort of moderately skilled. Um, chuckleheads like you said but maybe the operators are at a higher level and and are more connected who knows Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah interested to see if more information comes out from any additional dumps um, that points to a a firmer connection Um, absolutely and then just lastly before we wrap up here uh alex a question for you sure were you you know so word trickled out yesterday that conti had or was in the process of uh shutting down uh the leak site was unavailable when i i tried it yesterday um it, it seems like a number of threat analysts and, and dark web analysts who track them say that the infrastructure has been shut down they're in the process of migrating it to you know uh, an al- alternate um infrastructure somewhere whoever who you know who knows um but are, are you surprised that that didn't already happen i mean today's we're recording this today it's it's march 3rd it's thursday and the second dump was what monday night to early tuesday morning 
by that time, you got to know that like whoever got in is, mm-hmm. is all the way in. Like they have e- enormous access. Yeah. Because um, there were new updates from conversations that happened after the initial leak, I think. Yeah. Incredible, incredible stuff. And even if you didn't have that second leak, the first one should be enough to, I don't know, uh, maybe spur you to practice a little bit of incident response or OPSEC. I, I don't know. I, I, I was just shocked that, that it hadn't happened sooner. I, I know that VX Underground was the first to sort of pick up on this stuff um, last week. And I think maybe it was the 25th or 27th. I can't remember now. Like they tweeted about this. They're like, looks like somebody got inside Conti. <laughs> like from that point on, I would have assumed that they would just start like cutting ties to affiliates and just closing shop temporarily to at least think about migrating to um, other infrastructure, but it didn't look like that happened. And then it, it doesn't happen until like Wednesday mm-hmm. the following week. I don't know. Was that a surprise to you? Does anything really <laughs> surprise me anymore? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> between uh log forge and uh, the solar wind supply chain attack, I mean, there's something crazy that happens dang near every month now, Rob. Like yeah. it's, it's I, but uh, it it is the latest in a long line of firsts. And every time we record an episode, I get a little less surprised. Yeah, yeah. I fair enough. You're turning into the the bitter, cynical infosec journalist. I always hope you would become, and uh, you know, warms warms my cold little heart. Uh, I'm only cynical about cybersecurity, to be clear. No other aspect of my life. (laughs) Yes, fair. Um, Well, you know, we're going to keep an eye on this, obviously. Uh, There's more analysis that's going on of the latest dumps. Uh, There's just a number of resources out there for, you know, anyone interested in InfoSec, anyone um, uh, that is... Uh, on a security team within a an enterprise or just somebody who's just sort of casually interested in this stuff to um, to learn more about what's in these dumps. Uh, like I said, VX Underground, DF, uh, IR reports, uh, CyberArk has a pretty good rundown. Various uh, security experts on, on Twitter are, uh, are pouring through this stuff and analyzing it. I encourage um, readers and listeners to go and, and check out those resources to learn more. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, like I said, just the the, the techniques, tools, techniques, pr- procedures, trade craft, strategy, all that stuff is just you can spend a lot of time with this stuff, learning quite a bit about how these guys operated and how to better defend against them. So, um, but in the meantime, I guess we'll just be watching for more dumps and more analysis and more uh, revelations to come from the copious amount of data that's been uh, published by ContiLeaks. So yeah, with, with this war, there's bound to be more. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, well, Alex, I appreciate you jumping on to discuss Conti Leaks with me. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Rob. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.